Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and all those other good things. Now, my next guest, well, it's a quite, quite, quite an interesting one, really, because I was busy playing rugby. And uh, one of the lads came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and said, do you know who Ted Hill is? Yes. Would you like to interview him? Absolutely. So here I am. I've got Ted Hill. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. As you say, just uh, just playing rugby. That, that, that's it at the moment, really. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to today? Uh, just had normal normal training day. We've uh, got preparation for uh, our game on the weekend against Gloucester. So uh, uh, that, that's all, all we've been really up to today. Just a bit of training. Now, during your training weeks, I mean, I was at Sale this week watching them do some bits and pieces. And what struck me is is a couple of the young lads there uh, were working on their skills. In fact, I think the young hooker there throws something like 100 balls per day, regardless if he needs it or not. Is there anything that you're working on particularly at the moment? Um, I'd say probably the main thing I'm, I'm working on is just my... Uh, I think I think every club, every uh, Premiership club, probably has a um, defensive setup or attacking sort of setup. I'm just, for me, I'm just trying to um, get a little bit more confident in the defensive setup that I wish to have, and um, obviously, sort of making my way into the first team this season. Just trying to get a bit more comfortable in that environment, and uh, other things like my ball carrying and um, general general tackling is is, is stuff that. I just want to keep improving and working on. Yeah, I mean, it's a real difficult one for you to work out where you should improve next because your carrying sounds like it's okay with your 28 tries in three appearances or whatever you have now. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, some of the the tackles I've seen you make on Twitter are pretty impressive too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, there's always stuff to work on. There's, um, uh, obviously, I'm quite, I'm pretty young, so it's, uh, uh, there's a long career ahead, hopefully, touch wood. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to work on and uh, improve at. Uh, now, you said uh, just settling into the system. I guess this isn't like a normal Worcester system. And what I mean by that is, uh, obviously, you've come through the through the academy and the academy tends to dovetail into the senior squad. But the senior squad yes. has changed. Uh, you've got Rory Duncan there and you've got uh, a new, di- new director of rugby. How much different yeah. is this setup you're coming into compared to where you've been? It has it has been a bit different, yeah. It's um, I think everyone sort of has their own styles of coaching and leading. Um, I think what you've got to get used to as well. I think as a, I think a lot of guys who are professional have told you that you've just got to if if things change at your club, you've just got to adapt and learn quickly. But um, 
these guys have been Rory and uh, and Solomon's have been really good. Other people like um, uh, our defense, uh, our defense coach has been really really good, and our attack coach. So it, it is it's quite tricky getting new uh, used to a new system, but um, it's 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 a really good one. It seems to be working for us and. Um, hopefully we can just keep improving with it. Yeah, and forgive me. I know this is a horribly nausy question, but like, what are the different differences in like the senior systems compared to where uh, where you were either the academy or oh, what is the A team called? The um, Cavaliers, is it? The Cavaliers, yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's Cavaliers. We try and obviously Cavaliers is like sort of a second team, uh, second uh, second team with the seniors. So uh, they try and make it as as similar as possible, but. The difference to academy rugby is just the sort of detail and the depth that you need to go into because obviously Premiership rugby is a massive, a massive step up. So um, we just need that detail and the uh, uh, and the different types of techniques to be able to uh, either unlock a defence or, or uh, uh, have a solid defence. Mm. Now, were you playing quite a lot of A team last year? Uh, yeah. So, a, uh, so Cavalier stuff. Yes. Yes, yes. So I was playing. I was playing a lot of um, quite a bit of Cavalier stuff last last year. Um, uh, yeah, I played. That was my majority of my uh, game time. Obviously, he was involved in a bit of the twenties, England twenties stuff as well. Yeah, I, I watched a, a, a couple of A team games la- last year, and whatever's been on Premier Sport this year. And uh, you know what strikes me about that league is just how fast it is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it is definitely very fast. It's um. I always thought it's a great, it's a great place to learn learn your rugby, and as a, as a great step, like just before the Premiership, because you get to understand that speed, and obviously not only the speed but the physicality as well. A lot of guys who are who are playing that A A League sort of um, Cavalier sort of setup are either on the brink of first team or obviously very good academy players. So um, they all know what they're doing, and they're all physical guys and know how to play at a fast pace. So it's a it's a great level to play at. Now you're obviously still uh, still very young for young for all this. But prior to Worcester, were you playing any club rugby locally? Uh, how did you how did you find your way into the game? So was it my my dad played rugby at Malvern Rugby Club, and me and me and my brother started to play uh, rugby there as well. Okay, um, we we basically started. He my dad was captain at the club for for quite a few years and. Uh, he sort of took us down when we were very, very young and then um, started playing at about six years old at Malvern. And then uh, that, that, that's where I learned my rugby at Malvern Rugby Club, yeah. No, 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 no. It's uh, literally just about half an hour, 20 minutes away from Worcester. Mm. Uh, so obviously from there, picked up by the academy and a bit of, uh, well, a bit, and England and under-20s too. Now, I can't help but think, um, a guy that you're, uh, a guy your size and of your talent must have must have had some captaincy experience, whether it be at school or twenties or some such thing. Uh, yeah, uh, I've had captaincy sort of stuff within the uh, um, academy sort of setup. Um, nothing really uh, much more than that, but uh, it's. I think the modern game is obviously you do have one set captain, but you're looking for leaders all around the team. So. Um, you need to be not not obviously there's not just one person who's leading the team you need to have leaders all around that pitch is it a bit strange coming from you know academy and school where where you are a voice into a senior setup 
Uh, yeah, it is. It is a bit of a, quite a big change. It's um, usually in the senior stuff. It's just reiterating stuff that make oh. sure we're all on the same page and and uh, and, and clear within that. But um, obviously, at a younger age, it's it's you're sort of trying to pump each other up and get each other excited. But I think at the senior, you, you don't need that as much as you're uh, obviously prepping a lot throughout the week and building yourself up but so it's a, it's a bit more tactical in the uh senior stuff that's interesting yeah because I, I actually even noticed that at the lowly level that i in level eight which is how much in how much more enthusiastic the young lads are to be there than the older fellas yeah definitely i mean uh i think when you get the young guys who step up um not only at lower league rugby but in the like the highest of the highest level of rugby is when the young guys step up, they bring a different type of energy that um, I think DORs and peop- uh, leaders of clubs are look- uh, looking at using a lot more now because that energy is uh, sort of invaluable, really. It's uh, really useful for a team environment. When you had your first game for Worcester, is there anything that you did to prepare yourself for, for that mentally? Or did you feel that you were very well prepared anyway by the club? Uh, is that for the first first team? Yes. Worcester? Yeah, um, first team. Well, my 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 first um my first game obviously against I was on the bench against Leicester and um I sort of had a one of our guys came off injured one of our back row and I, I came on pretty soon. It was, I, I think I played sixty minutes overall. So uh, I think preparation wise, I think I just tried to sort of prepare as as I would for any other game. Just make sure to eat well and drink well and sleep well beforehand and uh, make sure just to when I get there, all I have to focus on is just giving giving my everything. Other, I think the thing is that if you're not sort of caught up hundred percent on your detail, then you go into the game worrying about what you need to worrying about what you need to know and understand. But if you're sort of clued up on everything you know, then you can just go in there and give it your all. I love that attitude. Give, give me some examples of your of your details leading up to a game things like you know are you conscious to get six hours sleep or seven hours sleep or whatever it may be um i think well it's usually just the the sand stuff i think the obviously the day before the game nutrition wise you just want to make sure you're carving up and getting a lot of energy in there's obviously a game you're gonna uh expand a lot of energy and lose a lot of energy so you need to eat foods that are uh, going to replenish that um hydration is probably up there with one of the most important things as well. Um, just making sure you're regularly drinking and um, making sure you're hydrated for the game. Otherwise, there's loads of facts and figures of if you're not hydrated enough, you're going to be uh, you have massive decreases in uh, decision making, uh, power output, speed output during the game and stuff. So, and obviously sleeping, just um, not really a specific time. Really, probably eight hours plus. I, I would usually say before a game. Yeah, there is some ridiculous statistic about sleeping that if you are if you are underslept, the amount of cardio output that you can give is decreased enormously. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you can definitely feel it. I think I think probably one of the things I've sort of took away mainly is the uh, is the hydration sort of thing. I think obviously when you're younger, maybe you don't really take that as as much on, on board. And uh, now that you hydrate properly, you can really tell the difference. And obviously, sleep and stuff. With uh, you being on the bench for that first game, I can only imagine that the coaches had a plan to say, right, Ted's going to come on at this time, hopefully when we're in this position, and we're going to ease him in nice and gently. 
yeah, that... yeah. There, I think there probably was there probably was a uh, a plan like that. But sometimes I think in professional sport, the you'll you'll, you'll have a plan until uh, until there is no plan until the stuff happens and uh, things got to change. So you just got to adapt really on on the spot. Yeah, what's the saying? Every plan is great until it first meets enemy contact. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that that's just the way it is. There's uh, there's been plenty of examples where. They probably put a young guy on the bench and then he's ended up getting either 70, 60 minutes sort of thing. So yeah. uh, everyone's got to be prepared and everyone's got to be willing to play as uh, a lot of rugby. It is funny how these things work out because I guess the other part of that would be everyone stays fit, it's a tight game and, and they don't take that risk of putting the academy lad on. But they did. You score a try and it just goes from one thing to the next. Yeah, yeah. It's um, been a pretty crazy past couple of months and that that first game was sort of the uh the uh start of all that and yeah it was just a crazy sort of start really sort of the dream start to a premiership uh uh campaign and obviously just just glad I can help help the guys out and obviously that we came away with our first uh win of the win of the season so it was a great day Tell me about these tries that you carry on scoring. I mean, uh, is there something in particular that you're doing? Are you trying to work your way to certain positions or has it just panned out? Um, I think, well, I've, I've never written, I don't think I was ever really considered like a massive like try score. I was never really like, obviously, I was, I'm not a winger or anything, so it's not really something that uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're sort of known for. But um, I think... You, you, your team put you in the position to to reap those rewards. I think, uh, especially in the Leicester game, that our, our forwards just kept working and our backs just kept working and working. And I think I was sort of lucky enough just to be coming around the corner at the right time and and in the right position to sort of reap the rewards of all the uh, all the hard work. So I mean, there is there is obviously things to be said for positioning and and other such things, but I mean it's. 90, 99% down to your, your teammates and then putting you in those positions. Yeah, I mean, that is very mod- that is very modest of you. But I've got Challenge Cup, two games, one try. I've got the, the Premiership, yeah. four games, three tries. Yeah. Uh, oh, and of course, uh, best of all, Premiership Rugby Cup, one game, one try. These are rude Van Nesselrooy type, type statistics here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's not, it, it honestly isn't, isn't modesty, I think. Um, there is obviously, I mean, I try and work hard, try and improve each week, and uh, try and show the guys at Worcester what I can do. But it, these guys around are, are world class guys, and they they know what they're they're doing, and they've they've been around the game a lot, so they know how to put people in positions and um, and manipulate the game. So so credit credit to credit where credit's due to all the all those other guys as well. I think that's very good of you. Um... What kind of player do you think that you are? Um, I think I like to think of myself as a, I think above everything, sort of a physical, physical presence on the pitch. I like, to, I think you're in a game of you're in a physical game. So uh, if you're not going to be physical, then that that then you're going to you're going to struggle. So I think my physicality is probably up there with one of the things I see myself as being good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think alongside that, though, you can't just be sort of blindlessly physical. Otherwise, uh, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sort of do things that are outside your system. And you, you need to be smart within 
smart with that physicality. So I think, um, I, I don't know, I think I'd try and describe myself as like a um, physical abrasive player who um, is is smart within the system, knows, sort of knows what he's doing around around the field and isn't, isn't sort of clumsy and uh, knows his positioning and stuff and what he needs to do. Yeah, you keep on talking about the system. I mean, my impression is that you must be incredibly well prepared yeah, I, I mean, there is a level, of, like there's a standard that we hold especially at Worcester, so everyone needs to know their stuff and everyone needs to uh, understand the system and uh, know what, what that is. And otherwise, when we go into those these big games as such on the weekend, then uh, people are going to be either confused or not know what they're doing. So everyone needs to be on the same wavelength and uh, otherwise we won't be, won't be firing. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, uh, just going back to the physicality and stuff, it, you know, I, I think mindset must be quite interesting. And if you go on Twitter and you look at you know the various highlights, one of the ones that's doing the rounds now, as I'm sure you probably know, is your hit on Manu Tuolangi, which is uh, pretty impressive. Now, I, I, I'm assuming the answer to this is you were just playing the game and, you know, it occurred. Or it was a case of, Okay, there is a very, very physical player. What a great opportunity to take and show everyone what he can do. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure it was uh, Manu Tuolagi. I think it was one of his. One of uh, I think it was a Tuolagi, but I don't think it was. Uh, um, oh, was it not Manu? Ma- I don't think it. I don't think it was. Uh, I think I think it was a. It was a guy at Leicester. I remember we, we were playing the Premiership Cup. It was um, one of the. You might be right. Well, it actually. was. A, it was a Tuolagi, but uh, yeah, I mean. Either way, either way, they're all they're all pretty physical blokes. So <laughs> yes. they, they, they they know their, they know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I think when that when that sort of happens and you have that sort of big guys running, you just it is a mindset sort of thing. You've got to you can't shy away. From it, otherwise, you're going to come off second best. You just need to um, have a strong sort of mindset and just just go give it everything you've got. Otherwise, it's the same same old. Same sort of thing that if you uh, go in sort of thinking you're going to get injured or if you think thinking you're going to come off second best, then that's usually the way it's going to go. So he's got to have that uh, sort of positive mindset and just being being physical and sort of going going through and not just stopping stopping before him and just going through them sort of thing. I do believe everything you just said there, but part of me is thinking when you when you make a hit like that, the, the first thing you think is that's going to look great on video on Monday. <laughs> Look, I think the main thing probably, <laughs> I, I, pro- I probably think about when uh, you make those hit is you get up and think, I'm not concussed, am I? So, okay, that's all good. Just on to the next thing. So, I think it's, those those are big guys, so they uh, they can they can't half carry the ball. So, I think you're just getting up thinking, okay, I'm all in one piece. Let's uh, move on to the next thing. You're not you're not really thinking about that that far ahead, really. Excellent. Prior to this, you were with the you you were with the England twenties. Did you do the full couple of years there? Yeah. So uh, I was seventeen when I first got the call up to England twenty uh, England twenties. So what, um, so what's the maximum you can do? Is it three years? Is it two years? Three three years. So um, I, I'm I was I'm legible for three years. Yeah. So I did. I started when I was seventeen. Uh, I had a bit of an involvement. I had quite a bit of involvement in the camps, and then. Uh, I think played my first game against Italy in the Six Nations. Um, with I then played last year in the Twenties, managed managed the whole campaign with them, and um, got through the Six Nations and 
got to the world the junior world cup and got to the final which was which was really exciting managed to play france in the, oh yeah in the in, in the final which is unfo- i mean un- lost to a strong side and um, but a fantastic experience, a really, really exciting time. Both years were, were really good. Yeah, that France game is incredible, actually. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a game. It was a great atmosphere. Obviously, that was the most uh, amount of uh, people I'd sort of played in front of at the time. So it was a, uh, a crazy experience. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, isn't it? Because prior to that, I'm guessing the biggest crowd you played it, played in front of would be, I don't know, a couple of hundred. Yeah, pro- probably. I think may- maybe maybe a thousand, maybe a couple of thousand, maybe just at Worcester or um, at one of the previous age group England stuff. But no, no more than that, really. Mm. Well, um, what was your school rugby like? So I, I went to a local school, River School, where um, I didn't play rugby. So I had all my no all my, all, all my rugby from uh, Malvern Rugby Club. So uh, we. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I didn't play rugby at school. I, um, I'm staggered by that. Yeah. No, I mean I mean the the school I don't think I, we didn't go to school massively for sport. It, it gave us a lot of other things and uh, benefited and benefited for me and my brother in a lot of uh, different ways. And um, I'm, I had all my rugby at club, so it wasn't necessarily a, a massive thing for me. It didn't didn't seem to hinder me in any way. So um, <laughs> no, you can say it, that again. It was all good. Well, I mean, there is a theory going around in RFU coaching circles, which is um, lads growing up should get as much exposure to different sports as they, as they possibly can. Yeah. Definitely, I think I think, that, I think that's fair enough. I think also not going too crazy straight all, straight away. And obviously, as a young person, that's it's hard to tell a young person not to play as much sport as they can because mm. that's just that's just what that's what they want to do. And that's yeah, because I know that's what I wanted to do, and I wanted to play as much as I could and whatever that would be, football uh, uh, or rugby. So anything like anything, all those sports, you just wanted to play as much as you can, but. Sometimes you just need a parent or coach just to pull you out and have a bit of time. Otherwise, it can it can get a bit too much too early. So, what were you doing in school then? Cricket and football. 
So not so much cricket. I think just just a lot of football. Really, I think did did that well. Football was our main thing. So we had a football team at school, and uh, I played football for a club outside of school when I was a bit younger. So um, that was that was all we did really. I can only assume centre back or goalkeeper. I was goalkeeper a bit, but I was also a striker. So uh, uh, I don't not I wouldn't blow my trumpet too much. I don't think I was that great, but is. Uh, maybe a bit of a Peter Crouch in the box sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, with all your under-20 stuff then, I mean, obviously that's a very professional setup. Obviously Worcester is, you know, a, a top-end club. Did did it always feel to you like being a professional rugby player is what laid in store for you? Yeah, I think, obviously, uh, from a young age, I've always enjoyed rugby. I always... Uh, Enjoyed the environment and and uh, played it throughout all my all my childhood. So I think probably I'd probably say a bit later on I sort of discovered that I that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. I think um, it wasn't necessarily a, when I was six picked the rugby ball up and thought I'm going to be a professional rugby player one day. Um, I think I sort of just learned the game bit by bit and. Uh, then started to enjoy it and um, as I was a bit later into my teens probably thought uh, I I'm, I'm, could be pretty good at this and this is something I could continue with and, and be, quite, be quite good at. When was, when was that time? When did the penny drop? Um, probably, I was probably in year 10, year 9, year 10 probably. So... Uh, of, of senior school, so I probably thought I, I, I could have been quite could have been quite good. I went into Worcester Sixth Form College um, about what I've been seventeen, mm-hmm. um, sixteen, seventeen, and uh, sort of just around that around year nine, year ten, sort of thought I, I could be quite good at this, and just wanted to see how far I could go, give it give it my all, and see how see what I could do. Mm-hmm. Now, has the enormity of what you've achieved so far kind of so? kind of sunk in do you, do you have you know do you have friends like you like your own age group and you, and they're like uh ted this is amazing you've been all around the world touring with under 20s and now you're on national tv does that sort of does that sink in for you uh yeah i think it's probably just about i think it's it's just about sort of sunk in i think you can't really linger on that feeling too much that you can uh enjoy it while it while it's there and um, obviously take it all in because th- those are special moments and uh, amazing moments but you can't sort of linger too much otherwise you don't want to be caught in the past you want to keep moving forward and uh, especially in the uh, professional sport business you just want to keep improving and uh, getting better otherwise if you're stuck in the past you're going to be uh, sort of a static a static I think other than playing it and the reason I asked, it, asked this question right is because the amount of lads I interview and you ask them do you actually like rugby is actually fairly limited. I, I know that sounds staggering, but most lads like either Fortnite or football, but they just like to play rugby. Have you, yeah. always, have you always been a rugby fan? Please don't tell me that you're a Fortnite fan as well. No, I think, um, I'm, I'm partial, I'm not partial, I'm partial <laughs> to Fortnite, I'm afraid. But, um, uh, tell me you're not carrying like a 50 inch TV round to your mate's house to no, uh, no, no, set no, up no, as a no, Fortnite. I'm not, not that, I'm not that hardcore on it, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, um, uh, I think when it came to my rugby, I sort of I loved the feeling of playing well. I loved the feeling of um, finishing get, finishing a game 
thinking that I've done well or uh, I've made a big tackle or multiple ta- big tackles or a big carry. I, I love that feeling and it's sort of uh, an addictive feeling. And obviously the uh, camaraderie of being, being with your teammates and winning stuff with your teammates is always a great feeling. So mm. uh, that, that's sort of the, the thing that I love about rugby. And in terms of actual spectating and stuff, were you ever a fan of the Premiership? Did, did, you, did you go to games, that, that kind of thing? <laughs> To, to, to be quite honest, I think I've always I like to watch it live. I like to watch sport live. But when I was younger, I mean, it, I think you sort of struggled to keep my attention for uh, that long watching it on TV because I sort of just wanted to get out there and, and play it myself. Not really, didn't really want to watch it for too long. I wanted to could probably could probably watch a half and then uh, struggle to do any, anything anything more than that. Yeah. Well, at least uh, the reason that you struggle to watch it yeah. is because it is because you were desperate to play. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably one of that's probably one of the reasons I think. Just you sort of watch it, and you think I don't want to sit still for too long. I was sort of quite energetic, so I wanted to go out there and go out there and do it. Really, I think most people that watch rugby, like club rugby, uh, know you first and foremost from probably that Leicester game because you had the Leicester game, you scored one try, and then the next game you scored two, if I remember correctly. So rugby people like myself would know you, but then you burst onto to the national or the sports scene, I should say. With that England selection, we, did yes. you have any idea that that was round the corner? Nope, not in the slightest. It was sort of uh, completely blindsided with the, with the news, really. Really, was, uh, you had no inclination yeah. at, at all. No, nothing. No, no clue at all. It was uh, sort of out of the blue, really. Um, obviously, had a good, quite a good start, I think, to the uh, to the Premiership season, and then uh, yeah, just got the call, just got the uh, well. My uh, the DOR the club just um, sort of came up to me and said you're in the you're in the EPS squad so uh, that 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 was that really. Uh, what did that feel like? Just a pretty pretty surreal to be fair. It was uh, I mean it's the I said to multiple people it's just just hard to put into words really. You're doing a rucking drill or some such thing or you're coming back in from training. Alan Solomon's comes up to you tells you that. What's the first thing that you do next? Uh, I think interviews are probably the thing I did straight after. So what? It lot, wasn't a lot of. Surely it'd be text your mum. That's the first I, thing I did. I didn't even. I didn't even. Didn't even have. So literally was. It was right in the middle of a training day, so I didn't really have access to my phone. I didn't really use my phone that much, and just went straight into interviews from the club and obviously local newspapers wanted to know what what was really going on and. Uh, and then I sort of finished the day, went back home, and then obviously my dad already knew and stuff. So it was uh, oh, right. a so exciting sort of. How did they find out? Please don't tell me Twitter or something. I think it was yeah on the internet, really on the internet. yeah yeah. So someone someone uh, I think told dad or my dad or something or uh, and then he probably phoned my mum or my he, he, one of the one of those ways yeah. Mm. yeah. When you get started for the EPS. What is the process? So you, uh, you, you've you been told, does someone just text you an address? Does a team manager call you? What happens next? So I had I had contact with um, the team manager and uh, had, a, had a few words with him just to uh, say congratulations and what were the next steps and when the first camp was and where I needed to be, what I needed to wear and uh, all that sort of stuff. That's interesting. So that, so that was all sorted out. What are you expected to show up to England camp in? So I think I, I, I well I didn't have any of the England kits so um, well any of the senior England kits so um, I just came in casual sort of clothes and 
then they then they gave me all the kit there, so that was all all sorted there. Yeah, and it, that's all dealt with by Richard Hill or or, or yeah, some such, yeah, such person. Yeah, kit, kit kit managers or or people who look after that sort of uh, area. Yeah, with you having so few Worcester games. Did you immediately think, yes, this is exactly where I should be? Or did you have a little bit of trepidation, like, you know, what will the lads think? I don't have enough games underneath my belt. Uh, you know, a little bit worried, maybe, that you hadn't, earned, you hadn't earned it or you hadn't got that experience to be there yet. Yeah, I think that there was probably a bit of that in the England camp. I think uh, there was probably a bit of the, the sort of, uh, these guys have played, some some of them hundreds of games for their clubs and uh, if not more, and uh, they they've had a lot of experience. So um, there is a bit of that feeling of do I or deserve of well the thing of do I deserve to be here is sort of you do think that a little bit, but then you think you, you wouldn't be there unless someone thought good of you or thought you were doing well. So that that doesn't last really too long, but. There is definitely the thing of these guys are a hell of a lot more experienced. So, but I think that's a positive. I think you can learn off those guys. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, I, I roomed with uh, Richard Wigglesworth, so he was a uh, he was a um, obviously as a very experienced player <laughs> for Saracens. So he's uh, he knows what he's talking about. So it's, it's good to learn off all the, all those sort of guys and understand what they're understand what they're what they what they do and what they've what they've been doing. Yeah. How do you kind of deal with that then? Do you decide, right, I'm gonna go up to I'm gonna go up to Owen Farrell immediately and introduce myself or do you wait to be spoken to or do you, does someone take you around and you get introduced to each slide individually? What's that, 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 that like? That, that's probably more of the reason I, prob- I probably obviously uh, I went with teammates uh, obviously Nick Nick Shona and uh, Ben Tier. So they sort of uh, started off introducing me and uh, I sort of I'm probably bit quiet when I first went and they all the guys introduced themselves and were very very welcoming so uh, you can't can't fault them there at all they were all very nice and uh and and spoke to me very well and helped me out a lot when you made your debut was it anything like you you expected it to be I don't think you can quite sort of prepare yourself or know what it's going to be like I think you uh, obviously I've been to games before and watched uh, watched those sort of high international games and uh, they're a crazy atmosphere and but being on the other side is like sort of a completely different different yeah aspect and uh, obviously singing the anthem was an amazing experience but obviously coming on as well uh, at the end was was amazing as well yeah it's uh, like I've been onto the Twickenham field when it's empty. And it's felt yeah. unbe- unbelievable. I mean, it's got yeah. a real presence about the whole place. Yeah, it, there's de- there definitely is. I think. Uh, I think obviously, as I say, the, the under twenties France game where there was twenty thousand sort of French supporters there was the most I played in front of, and then sort of going there to uh, eighty-two thousand people was a bit <laughs> of a step up. So, um, I think you sort of look out at the crowd and think, you don't. I said to someone you don't earlier that you don't really look at all the individuals you sort of just uh um you you they're all sort of blur into one and it's just uh a, a big bunch of noise really which is uh it's a, it's a crazy sort of experience but it's a, it's a great one to have i mean i've only spoken to you for 34 minutes but um it does strike me that you've got the sort of level-headedness required to go from 
whatever it is, Worcester to 20,000 in the Junior World Cup, then into an 80,000-seater? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I try and sort of stay grounded with the whole thing. I think there's guys around me who help me with that. Obviously, family help me with that and uh, um, the, your teammates. And you can't, as, as I say earlier, you can't sort of uh, stay, be on your high horse for too too long. Otherwise, uh, you, you'll get you'll get left behind. So uh, all the all the guys around me help me keep keep grounded. And obviously, I'm surrounded at Worcester by international. So uh, you're not you're not the only one who's who's done it. So um, I mean they they are pleased they're really pleased for you. They're all uh, really kind about it all, but um, they help help keep me grounded, which is obviously obviously needed. Uh, did you get much advice from your teammates prior to going out as to what to expect when you finally walk out? I think the main advice I think I got the same advice from people like Ben Tier who would obviously be online. He had the sort of same advice to uh, the guys, local guys down at the club, who just said, "Just go out and enjoy it. Go out. It's a once in a lifetime experience. It's uh, your first cap is something you need to remember. So just try and have a try and be calm and just sort of try and remember all the day and just enjoy, uh, like Ben Tio and obviously people down at the Malvern have got similar sort of advice. Just to uh, remember and enjoy the day, have a calm sort of level head when it comes to." game day and take it all in and just enjoy enjoy the experience mm. and is the act of all of a sudden getting recognized all over twickenham after the game the after dinner meal all, all the rest of it that must be incredibly unusual because you've come from relative obscurity uh right into the public eye yeah yeah it's um it, it is a bit crazy that that whole the whole thing of sort of being sort of recognized as an england, an england player but i that i mean i'm Obviously, a bit quite new, new to it, so it's not like uh, I'm like a Maratoji or like a Owen Farrell who've uh, who are recognised wherever they go. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near that sort of that level. But it, it is a weird experience, obviously having having all these interviews and uh, having people want to know what, what hear what you have to say. So it's a weird experience, but uh, it's 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 nice. It's nice to know that. Uh, you're obviously making an impression and shows that you're doing well. Now, this is a this 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 is a, a genuinely terrible question, so I apologise <laughs> for it in advance. Um, are you still on on an academy contract? Uh, I am, yes, right, currently, yeah. <laughs> so you're currently, on an yeah. academy contract, okay? Let's be honest, it isn't a first team contract. You no. play for England. We all know what the England team get paid. Have you thought about how you're going to spend your England appearance fee yet? Because that's, that's a nice chunk of change. Well, there's a uh, well, there's a Christmas coming up, so there's probably stuff to be spent on uh, for, for family. And if you if you want to spend an England like appearance fee on on Christmas, oh. more power to <laughs> I mean, you. Uh, yeah, if I, if I if I manage to do that, that would be pretty impressive. But uh, <laughs> probably a bit of saving and a bit of uh, gift spending, I imagine. Good, good for you. Well, I can't imagine they're going to keep you on that academy contract for much longer. Uh, who knows? I think. Uh, as I say, just keep, just keep uh, keep trying to impress, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, push on a bit. Exactly. Um, and last but not least, actually two last questions: uh, Is it true that you learnt the majority of your rugby from uh, from Ollie Thomas? Now, if anyone wants to know who Ollie Thomas is, he's a lad that plays scrum half for Talk H. Yeah, Ollie's obviously uh, uh, my cousin, so he's. Uh, he uh, taught me taught me all I knew, uh, which I'm sure you'll love to hear. 
which uh, according to him is a vast amount. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, taught taught me everything there is to know about about the sport. So credit to him. Um, are you active much on social media? I am. Yes, I am. Tell tell me where I can find you. So my Instagram is Ted underscore Hill eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, my Twitter is uh, Ted Hill twenty six. Quick question: Why eleven? Uh, a very boring answer. I think it's just a number that I plucked from the plucked from the sky. Because there's ten other Ted Hills, and you weren't yeah. planning to be famous. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, Ted Hill, who won't be on an academy contract for much longer. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rugby Dungeon. Uh, go and check him out on social media because I've got a feeling he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. Thanks for coming on, Ted. And uh, yeah, we should do this again. No, no worries at all. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.